0: Anybody who accused me at any point of going, oh, it's sales, it's fuck off. Because that's, that's the way I live it, right? At every point, I'm either all in and we're selling it, or we're all out and they can go somewhere else. And I'm not bothered, one bit. Because I know if I live like that, these people, and there's more of them, stay. And they spend a shitload of money because they've got somebody who respects them, that they respect, most importantly. And that's the way that you all have to live. I, I don't know another way. Any other way is tiring and painful. This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience, business lessons for physical therapists. My name is Paul Goff, former professional soccer physical therapist turned successful business owner and best-selling author from the UK. Each week, we answer your questions and bring you an inspiring story or person from the global physical therapy community. This show is dedicated to sharing with you everything you need to know to become hugely successful in private practice. Thanks for joining me today. Now let the class begin.
1: Hello podcast listeners, it is Simon here and uh, I am the um, 4% Club head coach. Um, if you're wondering what that means, that means I uh, help the guys with their uh, decisions in their business when it comes to things like numbers, when it comes to things like hiring, uh, when it comes to things like business strategies. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited uh, to bring you this episode of the Paul Golf Audio Experience. Um, As we begin the third part of Paul's staff training session with Volk PT in Charlotte, North Carolina, there's loads of amazing content for you and your team. Tune in as Paul addresses these things. How you can battle scepticism in your clinic, why it's okay to realise you can't help everyone, and why training your staff is so important, and a great way to book a potential patient from their discovery visit to prevent drop-offs. This hour-long episode is jam-packed with nuggets for you to take from and implement instantly in your practice. So turn it up loud if you like this podcast please do us a favor and leave a review on whichever platform you are listening on with how it has helped you or share it with someone you think might benefit from it just like you so we can continue to help people just like you succeed in their business look that's all i've got for you today i hope you enjoy it and i'll speak to you soon
0: any other scenarios what have you got any good questions for me any good scenarios case studies problems issues You can come again. Definitely come again.
2: So we had, this, uh, we had this lady that was coming in, and she was a Spanish-speaking patient. Okay. Like she could speak a little bit of English, but there's definitely still that communication barrier. Um, was worker, another worker, worker's cop case. Yeah. And she told the workers' cop people that she was going to have like a translator present with her, so like one of her family members. And she came for probably four or five sessions, but she never brought one. Okay. So from day one, there was like that communication issue. And like, you know, we tried to work it out. It just never really got resolved. So on the last day when she came in, she ended up bringing in a family member. Or um, no, sorry, second to last day was born, it, was, it was, like, her younger, it was, like, her younger uh, granddaughter. So she was, like, a very young person. So she was, still wasn't communicating well. Between, it's like all of those. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I guess my question is from that, like, how do you you're in a situation like that and it's just and like there's a language barrier how do you go about like and not, not, not necessarily fixing the issue but making it like a more efficient situation
0: too. all right love it what's the real issue so if i'm hearing it right what you're saying to me is this patient didn't get a level of care or didn't have the sessions didn't have didn't get the outcome that they wanted is that what we're getting at sure. seven sessions but should have had Right. So half the half the plan didn't take place. Any thoughts? What should have happened? So she denied what she really needed was the interpreter from Workers Comp. She's the one that said no. So she she didn't want that. Correct. Because she could speak. I mean, she could speak a little bit of English, but it was very like.
3: Yep. Yeah. I think for her that was an ego thing. Because like when on the phone, it's like, oh no, I speak good enough English. I don't. I don't need this person to help me. Like I can do it. And oh. Then got in here and could could not and You're trying to ask like
2: in-depth questions, yeah. get to know her and stuff, and it's, like, there's definitely that barrier. because I mean, It's hard to like, get on her level and figure out exactly what's going on. So I guess maybe not just applying that to a you know, language barrier, but in other situations too. Like How do you go about like, trying to bridge that communication when there's such a barrier between the two? Learn Spanish? <laughs>
4: Speak louder. Yeah. Google? Siri? Yeah, Siri. <laughs> experience with these Spanish people, I treat a lot of Spanish people Before in New York and uh, my friends family are Spanish, I treated them all. All Spanish people, seriously, tell them you have this, I will do this, 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 point of Period. That's it. They will just follow you. I mean, I guess that was her main problem. She gave it or she, the, of the language or not, I think that, that was the main reason. She didn't, she
0: didn't know what I have, how, how many things I need to do. Bravo. Just just six weeks. Yeah, look, we, you, be very happy. we can go granular here as to what we could do, but where I was going to go with it, again, if this is my office, I'm going, all right, what am, I try, <laughs> what am I trying to do here for you in this situation? I'm trying to help you see that, again, we have been nice to that patient by allowing them not to bring that person in. Now, whether they say that they don't want it or not, I'd always put myself into a situation of a, of a perceived, let's say I go back to the, the consultant scenario all the time, right? So I go back to my, my, my guy who who's the top surgeon for knee sports injuries in the, in the country, right? And I take a Spanish footballer down to see him, or I send a Spanish footballer down, he brings me up and he says, Paul, couldn't do the assessment didn't feel confident about getting from that person what I want, didn't take a good subjective, didn't really get a good uh, understanding of what's gone wrong. I'm not doing it again, unless there's a Spanish-speaking person in the room. I, refu- I, I, I he point blank, refused to do it. Right there and then. And he, he doesn't give a shit where I'm going, oh, but Doc, he can speak Spanish, or he speak English, and he could speak whatever. He's like, send him to see somebody else. Let somebody else fuck it up because I ain't and that's again what we're doing right We're 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 allowing that to happen right if you knew if you knew hair care would be better with an assistant who can who can speak the lingo at some point you have to start to go this is this is not this is not happening this has to be my way or the highway or, or it does not work and and this is where I would if you were mine I'd give you permission to lose that patient, because this is why. Even if you lost that patient at that point, I'd be starting to give you the level of confidence and authority in yourself that will resonate with the next patient who'll buy in. Does that make sense? That the, that the minute you start to live like that, right, you may lose the occasional battle, but you'll fucking win the war over a year. That the patient, you, you can't opt in and out of being an authority figure, and you can't opt in and out of, of what the patient said, the minute The minute that you find yourself pandering to a patient, which is what you've done there, right? If you knew, if you knew that person's care would have been better through an interpreter, at some point we go, I love you as a person, you're a wonderful person, and I'm pretty sure you can understand this, but I don't feel as though I'm gonna get the best for you. I cannot let this continue. It's completely up to you what you've done, uh, what you wanna do, and and again, I'm just gonna teach the way I teach it right in my office. I'd go to Johnny or Jordan or whoever, this is how I want you to deal with it in the future. This is the way that this needs to work. And if we can't, there's three numbers of other clinics who will take you, but I can't. This, this means too much to us. For us to do this, we only do it right, or we don't do it at all. And, and it's completely up to you. And I'd be wanting that person to see that my decision has been made with complete and utter love, complete and utter respect, that's in their best interests. And if they can find another physio that just wants to accept that, then rock on. But it's not happening here. You might have lost that patient, but what I would like to give you, as the as the business owner, is the courage and the confidence to deal with every situation like that, knowing full well you'll win another eight for me that you would have lost because you would have let somebody walk all over you. There's your answer. That's how I would deal with that. So again, you get caught in the tactical, right? And and we had a conversation on the way over, did we or not? Twenty minutes. We had a conversation for twenty minutes in the car, where Dean's kind of I won't go into it, but stuck in a little bit of sort of, it, not even Dean. It's just. Generally, you get stuck in a granular level, right? And he starts to ask me questions and he wants an answer that is like, tell me to do this or tell me to say that. And it's like, probably if you rewound me four years ago, I'd have said, oh, say this or say the other. Now I'm like, no, no, like that's at this level. That's at like the ground level, what we want to use up here, the bigger picture level. Well, the bigger picture of my top frontline staff having the authority and the confidence to look a patient in the eye and say, I'm not doing that. (coughs) This is what I believe in. This is how we get the best outcome for you. Take it or leave it. With absolute love, with absolute respect and with absolute authority, I love you so much. I've got three, four numbers of other clinics to give you. What do you want? And this is what goes on, right, in life and just in general and in business. They'll either self-select and they'll go, I respect that, I'm in. And you'll have the best patient ever forever or they'll piss off, which they do anyway. (laughs) She just did, right? So you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Everything to gain. I like you and respect you as a patient and love you as a patient that much, I'm willing to lose you. Wonderful, magical things start to happen in relationships. I, I love you that much, I'm prepared to lose you.
3: The first time you do that, it's probably the most exhilarating thing you'll ever do. Because it like gives them the freedom and then they almost actually just stay. You just have that conversation with lots of people to stay, but the fact that you're willing to go down to that level and just say, "Hey, look, this isn't working. The way we're going, it's either going to go one way or the other way. So we can do it this way, or look, there's three other clinics, and I've had that, I've had that conversation quite a few times. But you know, it's like you know, we, we can do this, then we can do that, or you can go here.
0: It's completely and I just up to you. Appreciate
3: it. It goes back to that instead of being liked, be respected if you're willing to just have that honest and open conversation, you feel better about it because you kind of this elephant in the room. They know it just as well as you know it. They know that they can't talk. Yeah. You know, they know they're not getting it from you. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just kind of more relief on there. And like, oh, thank goodness they see it too. It's not just me. And then it's like, all right, let's just start back over. We're good. Yeah, as long as you see it, I'm happy. A lot of times
0: that the, the, the biggest thing in all of this that I'm trying to get across to you is not to get sucked in to like the, the, the conversations that they want you to have you have to have the conversations that they don't know how to have that's where you become an expert telling you experts are not in manipulation or McKenzie or dry needling that's bullshit experts are people who recognise when people want to have conversations that they don't know how to have they, they can see it they can understand it I get it I think this is what you're asking. This is where we need to go with this. That's, that's the magic, right? If you really look at the doctors you love or the people that you, you really love doing business with, they just had something about them that they could see it. They made it effortless. They made it easy. They answered your questions before you even asked them. Yes or no? That's where the trust starts to get built. It's like, I feel like you know me. You, you took the words out of my mouth. You asked the question that I couldn't ask. That's the people that you gravitate to. That's who you've got to be. Now, might you have lost that patient. Yes, right? And again, I'm just giving it to you if I'm running the business. I'm not bothered. Because I know the bigger picture across the course of a year of having Avery and all of my team speaking like this, is like fucking 10X. Difference. And I'm not bothered about six sessions that we might have lost. Because now I'll get 10 patients every month buying into full plans of care because Avery's looking them in the eye and saying this is the way we're gonna do it. For you, not to you. Big difference. I'm not being a complete bastard and wanting a Spanish translator here because I'm a complete jackass. It's because I give a shit about you. And one wrong word between me and you could fuck this whole thing up. Now you'll either respect me for that or you won't. And guess what, I'm not bothered. Because I have more respect for myself for doing it. That's what the patients will buy. And if you take that to your next evaluation and your next evaluation and your next evaluation, you'll win more than you're currently winning. And that's why my answer would be that rather than a tactical, you know, speak Spanish or whatever it's like. It's kind no. of the
3: opposite of what you learned in school though, right? Of course so it is. It's like every, we, can, we can fix everybody and we're really smart and we're really good. So we can figure this out. Like we can't have that conversation or we may not have seen this, we're gonna do this. The
0: biggest thing, the, the, the biggest lie, if you like, right, that, that is concealed from you in healthcare is that you can help everybody, right? And, and you leave school and you think that, oh, I've got all these skills. And there's even an element of everybody deserves you know, this and that and the other. And, and everybody deserves to be treated like with respect. And everybody deserves to be treated as equal. I'm all in on that, a billion percent. But at some point, they opt out, right? At some point, they opt out from actually wanting to be helped. That not everybody can be helped, right? There is a great... Uh, we spoke about it a lot in Mastermind, didn't we, where you're allowed to believe that, and the word I used is helpable. You're allowed to believe that everybody's helpable, they're not. <coughs> the reason that most people will never get out of debt is because they're not helpable. And most people will always be unhappy because they're not helpable. They're not ready to help themselves. You cannot help somebody to be happy who doesn't want to do it. You cannot help somebody be healthy. And anybody who thinks they can is just living in cuckoo land. Like they're so arrogant it's beyond belief to think I actually believe that part of your job is to find out from that first phone call and from that initial evaluation, are you somebody that wants to help themselves? And if you're not, piss off, because I I cannot help you. I'll be here and I'll give you anything you want. I'll go to the end of the world and back, but I can't do it unless you want to help yourself. And in that respect, very, very quickly, you're getting to the people who do want to be helped and you'll have much better, more fruitful relationships with them than trying to think that we can pander and please to everybody. And that's not me being anything other than I'm actually being respectful to you by trying to find out, do you even want me fucking bothering you with exercises? Do you even want me on your case to come back in for two weeks, in two weeks' time? If I can establish that from the get-go, you're actually more likely to buy into me very, very quickly. You cannot help everybody and it's the, it's the biggest lie in healthcare that you can. you can't help anybody until they want to help themselves. So is it not true that what really we have to do is find out whether or not somebody wants to help themselves? Just because they've arrived for a session doesn't mean that they want help. It means that they got pissed off enough the night they did a Google search to fill out a form and, and give you a call. That's what it means at this point. Your job is now to find out whether or not they really do want the help. <coughs> and back to my point, when, when, you, when you create a line, right, for somebody to jump to the left or jump to the right of You're really not bothered what what starts to happen because they rule themselves in or they rule themselves out. And from that point, it becomes a very good relationship. (coughs) Your patient who says, I don't value, so check this out, right? Understand this. So in this scenario, if you say, look, Mrs. Whoever, I can't take this any further and I'm doing it for you. I need the Spanish translator in order to, to get, you've told me you want to be back playing with your kids. You told me you don't want surgery. You told me you don't want whatever. I can't do that for you safely, unless you and I improve our communication. And I am planning on going to night school to learn Spanish. And I don't believe that you are going to go to school and learn English, right? So what we can do is take advantage of the fucking translator that's probably being paid for by the company to come in and like actually make sure that this all goes off. Shall we just get it? Should we just make sure that we do that? Because I want to make sure that you get the outcome. And, And here, Mrs. Smith is exactly how much I want to make sure you get the outcome. I've lined up three numbers for you to call if that's not what you want. We either call that person today and they come in for the next session or you call one of these other physios because I, I I'm not prepared to do this. Now, one or two things will happen. They will go, yeah, I'm in and I respect you and I get it or they'll go somewhere else. And at that point, you'll find out that they were never a patient that you wanted in this building anyway because if you listen to this, now check this out, this is how deep I get with it. If, you, if after I've explained that to you, Avery, right, that I really, deeply care about you, and I really, really want to do the absolute best for you, and you tell me that that's not what you want, guess what you're not? You're not a patient of Volk PT. Please go somewhere else. You wanted a Nokia and I sell iPhones. Simple as that. And if anybody in any business, anywhere in the world, deviates from that way of thinking, you end up in a complete world of hurt. You you end up in a fractioned, half-assed version of the business that you could have been, half-assed version of the people that you could have been, diluting conversations, worrying about what people are thinking about you, and instead of just focusing on getting the job done. And that's what starts to go on. Completely radical, completely different, but my God, a liberating way of living and building a business. When you look somebody in the eye and you say, let us give you an option to self-select. Listen to what I'm saying, I value that much I value you that much, I'm determined to get you the best possible outcome and this is the best possible way that I think that it's achievable. If you turn around to me and say you don't want the best possible way of solving your problem, what the hell am I wasting my breath on you for? (coughs) Follow me? You may lose that one, but I promise you, you'll win most of them because that'll transfer to the next patient and the next patient and the next patient. And every now and again, every one in 10, you'll come up with a patient who goes, well, I, I don't really want the best possible care. All right, there's a list of three clinics who will give it you. <laughs> it's liberating. And again, going back to it, right? I, I'm looking at younger therapists, younger staff. I've got exactly the same. I employ people straight out of school, college, love it, absolutely love it. But what, what I have to do is give them that level of confidence to be able to speak like this, to be able to behave like this, to be able to stand on their own two feet whether I'm there or not. Nobody's gonna jump on them if they get that wrong because it's in the best interest of the patient, which it is. And that's what I love, right? When I teach all the stuff that I teach, right, and it does in the end, we have to start talking about, look, it's profits and it's money and business and whatever. Anybody who accused me at any point of going, oh, it's sales, it's fuck off. That's, because that's the way I live it, right? At every point, I'm either all in and we're selling it or we're all out and they can go somewhere else. And I'm not bothered, one bit. Because I know if I live like that, these people, and there's more of them, stay. And they spend a shitload of money because they've got somebody who respects them, that they respect, most importantly. And that's the way that you all have to live. I, I, I don't know another way. Any other way is tiring and painful. At every point. You're worrying about what people think of you, worrying about what their clients, even to a certain point worrying about, I you know, don't fucking worry about me. Worry about yourself. How you feel about yourself is more important than how I feel about you. Take care of yourself, because I know if you do, you'll fucking turn up here a completely different employee, and you and I won't have to have any conversations. Good for you. Tell a patient to do one. It's liberating, occasionally, if they don't want what you want to offer them. It's wrong to force them to come back down. If you knew in your heart of hearts that you could have given her better care with an interpreter. Be straight up with that. Fucking right, be straight up with her. Who knew? Who knew the way to live life is to be straight up with people? Fuck me. <laughs> like, is this not what we're all screaming for? Tell the truth. Don't water it down. It's the equivalent if you wanted to look at it. Well, we'll, we'll use that, that exercise machine it's a little bit broke, but we'll use it, <laughs> is it not? Because you're operating at a half of what you can operate on by not knowing what she's wants or, or what's happening. It's the equivalent of taking me to that machine knowing it's half broke, and thinking it's okay to put me on it. Would you do it? My point, why do that in there? Because you're trying to be nice, because it's you, it's individuals. I want to be liked. The root of all of everything that we do, I'm gonna take it back. Every single thing that we do on this planet Earth is about approval and being liked. And it ruins your life if you're not careful. Same in here. same on the phone. Can't help them all. Your job is to find out who wants help and then give that person everything you've got. That's the difference I advocate. Don't be a half-assed version for everybody. Let them self-select who wants your help and give them, a, give them the best possible, everything that you've got. A completely different view of the, of, the, of the game. I don't see much proof that the other option is working. In my time on this earth, I don't see much proof that somebody who's trying to be something to everybody is working. Check out the government. It's not just in America. Check it out anywhere in the world. What do they try to be? Something for everybody. How many people do they help? Very difficult for them. They masquerade as trying to help everybody. You can't. Same in here. But by doing it, you, and and again, don't think you'll lose patience, you won't. You'll get more people who jump in with you at a deeper level and stay for longer, commit more, want to come back, because they want to come to that type of place, just like you want to go to that type of place. You will lose that type of patient, possibly this type of patient, the experienced one, but most of them you won't. They'll have a completely different view of you because that's ultimately what's at stake. Back to the book, certainty and a lack of trust. I'm craving certainty and trust from you. Well, if I tell you that I'm prepared to let you go, I'm building trust. You'll carry that into your next interaction. People that might have dropped off at eight will stay for 12, 12 will go to 16. Tell me what to do is what ultimately in the end will start to happen to you when you live with that level of confidence. In every business, in every profession, no matter what it is, that's ultimately what people are craving, just tell me what to do. Dean, any thoughts? Am I speaking out of time or am I okay? No,
4: no, you're totally fine. My mind's going all right. Training's going to be a whole lot different from here on out. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I've probably been wanting to be liked too much to be enforcing or teaching this kind of stuff, just because I've been using it. I've just, I mean. I was thinking as you were talking to Melissa, um, when I start most of my conversations with people online from all over the world, I just look at them straight out and I go, I'm sure you gotta be a con on here just thinking, Well, Honey Yahoo is yeah. this guy on online, you gotta be skeptical and you just go, How'd you know I'm like, I'd be skeptical if somebody across the world say, hey, I can help you with your and no one else has done it
0: before. How do you know? Uh, maybe because you're born that way.
4: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> like fact. We're all born that way. Every one of us in this room, in any country, anywhere in the world is born with a negative outlook on life. Fact. That's why most people struggle with hack. Again, how deep do you want me to go? People are not born to be happy. You have no God-given right to be happy. You have no God-given right to find positive things. Your brain is hardwired go to bed tonight with you still alive, that's it. Therefore, it is designed to find negative things. It is designed to be skeptical, to keep you alive. Like That's the deal, that's the, that's the game. So when patients do come in, it's a good place and it's a safe place for them to start. That assume that they don't like you. Assume that they think you're gonna rip them off. Assume that they think you're gonna screw them over. Assume that they think you're gonna give them something that they don't need. Because that's their outlook on life by, by design. So when you start that way, when you start with what he does there, you meet somebody. Hello. You meet somebody with um, where they are, and at that point they're like, ah, this guy's different. This guy's this guy gets me. This guy understands me. Nobody's ever actually asked me, am I a bit apprehensive? Because most people are just quick to take my money. So rather than saying, oh, I'm not here to take your money, you do the complete opposite. I bet you think I'm I'm complete straight random guy, stranger around the world, who is here to do whatever, and they're like, oh shit. Well, yeah, actually, I do. Okay, good, at least we know where we're starting from. Let's get off on a a good footing, rather than a nicey-nicey one, which, oh, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I can
4: tell you since I started that, um, my last month's income doubled, Mm -hmm. just simply because I started off by saying that you probably are really skeptical thinking that I set up all the testimonials that you saw and people were writing in is fake. And go, yeah, Come (laughs) on. I would be the same way if I were, there's no way this can happen. And then I sort of just out, hey, this is what's gonna happen. Are you, I, I basically say, this is what's gonna happen. I go dead silent and they go, oh, okay. I say, good, so learning different techniques on how to talk to people, being straight up and honest and they're like, oh, they're much more receptive. And it just goes against everything Correct. that I've ever done. Yep. I mean, everybody wants to be liked. So, and I didn't mean that in a negative way towards anybody here, that training's gonna change, but as I'm listening to this, I'm going, wow, you know what, I've been learning this stuff for four and a half years, and hearing it in a different way now, going, I know you've said this before, but it's like, huh, yeah, it makes total sense, and I'm going, okay, I know I can impart some of the certainty, impart some of this to the staff so that it's not so foreign to them like it was to me, four and a half years ago. Yeah. Because I just thought, It's
0: all just straight talkers. It's like, we are, but probably not straight as I am. Um, right? yes. But it's primarily because, again, just I've I got sick of living in a shitty like in a shitty world of, of uncertainty and insecurity. Right. Of like everybody trying to be nice and everybody, and I'm like, just nobody's winning here, like at all. Right. Everybody's in pain everywhere I look, and they're all trying to be nice, and everyone's trying to be liked, and it's going nowhere. So you have to have that. I think, I think the best thing that I can do as a teacher and it's kind of partly, the, the, the greatest thrill that I'll get out of this, right, is some of you still think I'm a whack job right now, right? Some of you are going, oh, this guy's full of shit and this is ridiculous. He knows nothing about this area and this won't work for us because of this and you know, blah, blah, blah. And Dean's just brought this guy in and fucking hyped us all up and all this. And I'm like, whatever, good for you, right? But one of you, is will go, oh, fuck me. Like, this is actually quite different. Let me explore the opportunity here. Let me explore that there might be a different way to live than the current way I'm living. That might just get me a little bit more enjoyment out of my life. The greatest thrill will be in two or three years when somebody sends me a Facebook message or whatever going, you know what, I'm having a few better conversations in my life now. I'm living with a bit more confidence, a little bit more certainty. Seem to be getting better outcomes for my patients. Thanks very much. That's like, that's what it's about. So I'm not coming here to go, I hope you all like me and freaking read my book and all that shit. I couldn't give a shit. Said it in the book. I couldn't give a flying F-U-C-K what people think of it. I'm doing it anyway. It's, it's that type of mentality. I want you to like it for your sake. And he's the, he's the real game changer. I want you to like that book for your sake, not for mine. I want you to like me for your sake as a patient. I hope you like me because if you give me a chance, I'll change your fucking life. But you ain't going to change my life if you walk out of here. I'm going back to beautiful kids and gorgeous family and whatever else. I don't need none of this. I'm, this is for you. See the difference? But I'm not emotionally connected to you saying yes to me. I'm not emotionally connected to my staff going, oh Paul, that was wonderful. I'm gonna do this anyway. I actually thoroughly enjoy it. If one of you happens to enjoy it, then great. I start many of my conferences, I don't know if you were at one, but certainly in the first few years when I started speaking on stage and nobody really knew who I was, right? So I didn't have much sort of, you know, confidence, or well, I would have the confidence to do it, but I certainly didn't have that, like, sort of people would believe in me at, at first. So I used, to th- I used to reverse it, and I used to go, all right, um, hey, uh, there's 77 people in this room, um, 74 of you will think I'm a complete whack job, full of shit, won't be ready for anything I'm about to say, but the other three, I'm about to change your life. The other 74, you can leave if you want. Because I'm going to have a conversation with the three, who will be impacted by what I'm about to say. I'm basically saying the choice is all yours and I don't care which one you take. At that point, people, I could see them visibly go. And like the pen starts to get picked up at that point because now they're going, well, hang on, this guy's intent is pure. This guy doesn't really give a shit. He's not here to to kiss me ass and say a load of things and get a round of applause at the other end. I'm happy for 74 of you to walk out. It's a completely different way of living it's a completely different way but by doing it i completely turn around what they think i'm there for because i know full well they all think that i'm there with all sorts of intent and i might sell them something and various other things i'm not i'm here to try and make a difference if i make enough difference you might want to buy from me that's basically what i'm saying i'm going to give it to you anyway it's up to you what you do with it so when you have these sessions that's what i hope you do that's what I hope you genuinely legit take from it right and whether this fucking ball changes or whatever it will but the most important thing you change if you change this changes we can't just stare at the board and go okay like let's get a pet out and, and put some where we can right but ultimately what we want to do is make a way uh, make a change in you in the way that you see it and most of that starts with you being open to it if you've liked anything what I spoke about today or anything that's in the book where you think, oh, you know what, that's different, then you have to embrace the fact that, that it only comes from these types of conversations. Where you think, ah, oh, I wonder what it like, would be like if I understood what people were actually asking me. How would that change my relationship with my partner or my mother or my father or friend who I'm currently at loggerheads with? It's liberating when you start to understand all of this. And the best bet, or the real kicker, patients walk out of here who, who would have only had two sessions with you, get 10, the problem gets fixed. They credit you for it. I've said for many, many times, I was never that good of a physio, right? I was all right. I I was good at a few things. I was very good at a few things, ACLs and uh, the, the sort of classic sports injuries, hamstrings, right? In private practice, I was all right, but I was fucking brilliant at understanding people. Unbelievable at understanding people, and I didn't even know it. So my lack of clinical skill was almost irrelevant because people just wanted to hang out with me, right? Literally, as I look back on it, people just wanted to come in, they're like, oh, can I have another session? I'm like, well, if you want it, all right? I'm like, well, why are they coming back? It's like they just wanted somebody to talk to. But now I get it. They wanted somebody who understood them. Now, I didn't know that I was doing it. And that's possibly my like, thing that I, that I have had or I've learned. And I've always read books on it. So I was possibly doing it and not really knowing that I was doing it. But I generally feel as I got people at such a level with eye contact, with body language, with really deeply understanding what their real problems were, that they wanted to keep coming back. And that's what I think was my, like, big, my big, big thing. Um, as I was a practitioner, hence why I firmly believe in it and its power, that my business is ultimately built on us understanding you as people and that the rest kind of takes care of itself. You're not losing people cause you're not, because you're not good enough practitioners. You're losing people because we're not communicating with them good enough people to people. There's the game changer, does that make sense? You will never lose patience because of your lack of skills, promise you. You will lose patience when a person doesn't talk clearly or understand clearly another person. That has to happen first for them to become a patient. And I think that's the hurdle that most people will never get across. But by the way, this will be the same in a law firm, be the same in an accountancy firm, be the same in a company that does pool cleaning, make any difference. If we can't get clarity from one person in that conversation, every now and again you'll get somebody who comes through the doors who understands themselves like there's no tomorrow, and you'll just think, oh, it's so easy to work with that person. They can communicate with you clearly. They're very uh, direct. They'll tell you exactly what they want. You'll get wonderful outcomes from those people because they know what they want. Sadly, most of the people that you deal with are not. They're lost. Their heads is up their ass. They're in Facebook. They're in politics. They're in issues, relationship problems, job problems, money problems, all sorts of stuff. Worries, credit cards, like they just can't think clearly. Um, so they are confused with a lot of the things that they're trying to get across to you. And that's what I think is the greatest gift you'll, you'll have as a, as a PT, the ability to help somebody there and help them see something that, that really, when they first arrive in your world, they, they, they might not be able to. So I hope you do. I hope you, uh, and, and see it with intent. It's what, what's the intent. I've I've kind of gone in with my stuff all the time from the get go. Um, I want to grow people. Like I love it. My best job in the world is his dad. I love it. Absolutely. And I love now my kids asking me questions. It just is the best part of my day when Harry wants to talk, he asks questions. Sometimes Natalie's like, oh, will you shut up? I'm just like, no, keep him like, Keep coming, like keep asking. Don't like never, never, ever, ever knock that out of my kids, because like I want them to, and I want to be the one that helps them understand. it. And it's like, well, son, like you know, whatever. That's what I love about being a boss. It's a, it's a privilege. You get an opportunity to help somebody grow, and and they either want to grow with you or they don't, and that's it. If they don't, they don't. If they do, they do. Great. I've had people who've been with me for ten years, eleven years. I've watched them grow from, unconfident and just oh shit, you know, a little bit of. A little bit timid shall i say occasionally to like oh fucking i wouldn't deal with her anymore like she'll give it to you now sort of thing and they've took that with them in life and enjoying it significantly more so that's our way that i would encourage business owners to reframe these types of situations this is irrelevant it's the byproduct of what goes on here with people that if you can make a change in people you make a change in a board you make a change in the board you make a change in a bank balance simple as that you make a change in patience you make a change in the the growth of the company however you want to dress it up but it has to start with the people and the people have to be open to it what are you thinking?
4: I'm just thinking what next week is going to look like when I'm here and we're doing a training session
0: are you all coming back? (laughs) there would be a, a few resignations coming in, in the, in the morning. I hope not. Like, that's, yeah,
4: first three masterminds that I went to, three people resigned right afterwards. So, it's not happening, this isn't a mastermind, guys, it's an <laughs> Literally.
0: Yeah. Two it's, of them
4: at the airport on the way back, and it
0: was like, Yeah, that's, 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 their, that's their issue, it's not yours. Yeah. That's their issue. It's the same with the patients. It's like, it's your issue, not mine. It's like, I'm not getting sucked into this. Yeah. Like, I can't stay the same. I will, I will not accept anybody around me anywhere who won't grow. It's the, it's the unwritten, I will not tolerate anybody in my life that does not want to grow, right? And I have to accept it from family, but I limit, I limit conversations because I will not get sucked into the same bullshit. I've got uh, on average 74 years, hopefully significantly longer on this earth. And I will not hang around with somebody who just wants to talk the same shit as they were talking five years ago. It's the one rule I will never violate in this life because it irritates the shit out of me. You have an abundance of information, books, stuff that you can learn, stuff that you can grow with, stuff that you can bring to this world. I will not have it. And, and for me, if staff want to opt out, great. Like, do me a favor, because I cannot handle the same conversation. Year after year after year after year. It's like, you'll, you'll pull me back down. Um, with it. So I've become quite ferocious in looking for people that that kinda wanna grow. I'm either your, I'm either your best dream or your worst nightmare, whichever way you want to look at it. Same with patients. It's like I'm either going to be your best option or you go somewhere else. I refuse to be a half assed option of anything. What else? Any other things, questions, issues? Stuff that's just pissing you off? Stuff that worries you, stuff that bothers you, stuff that you think Wish we could just solve that one. I wish we could just get over this. I had I've only really done one discovery visit, um, there,
3: but the one that I did, he was like really eager to get treatment and I think that he was under the impression that the discovery visit was the evaluation.
4: Ooh. And so he ended up scheduling an evaluation, mm-hmm. him, but we didn't have anything available like I think the discovery visit was later in the week and so there wasn't uh evaluations from until the like, following week yep. and like,
0: I for sure thought he was going to show up because he was really interested in getting treatment but he didn't and I don't know why So you know, I think we were able to get in touch with them. so help me understand that this was guy rings up how, how, had, he found, how had he found out about you do you know? I don't know so when you do this always try and get every piece of information right if you you'll find that if they say, oh, I found you on social media or I found you in the newspapers or whatever, there'll be a difference in their like, commitment. Or if he says, my best friend referred me, like, they, they're going to be all in. right? And you'll start to speak to them differently based upon that. That if they've spotted you on social media, they'll not have as much trust. If they've seen you in a newspaper ad, there might be a bit more trust. If they've seen you on Google, they are probably wanting to be in quick. If I've done a Google search, it's like Google is a uh, problem solver. It's cl- technically classed as a question engine. So I go to Google, to get a question answered. What are all of our questions? Problems unsolved. So when we ask questions, it's a problem unsolved. So if I go to Google, it's a good sign if I call you the next day, you probably will feel a bit more pressure from me to come in faster than if I've seen you in a newspaper ad, which I've read every week. So I run, a, I run ads every week in the papers, two different newspapers, and some of my clients will call up and they'll say, oh, I've been reading your articles every week, right? Boom, that point Vicky changes the conversation. Slow it down, because they've been slow to building trust, building confidence, enough to want to call me. So they're not in a rush. But the guy who goes, hey, I did a Google search last night at eight o'clock and I found you and I'd like to get an appointment, please, back. He made a decision last night to start Googling and he wants in. So I'd have to speak to that person very, very differently on the phone to understand where they've come from. If you got a referral from somebody who said, "Hey, my best friend got saw by, uh, you know, got uh, got saw last week," and he said I should come in, you've got a lot more rope or leeway with that guy because he's he's really only coming to you because he's there of an endorsement with a friend, so he's going to wait, he's going to hang on. So back to your question of, do you speak to them differently? Absolutely, like beyond belief different, based upon their difference in how they arrive is often the way that I teach my staff is having acute awareness of what they'll tolerate if you like or how quickly they need to be in even to how long you should speak to them if a patient said to my staff I found you on facebook i'd expect a 20-minute conversation if they said um alan who's been coming to you for 10 years recommended me last week he's been t- telling me to come to you forever he told me all about you i know what the cost is i know it works <coughs> t- three to five minutes right it's a different game like we're, we're we don't need to speak to you at that point. So what we'd have needed to have a conversation with here, if you're going to critique it, is where did he come from? What were his expect- expectations? If he was Google, he probably wanted to be in fast. That would be a big, um, you know, a big issue there. And then I would be making it clear to him that uh, if he wants to see us, you know, what was the reason that he chose us? Well, I chose you because whatever. All right, right now we're slammed till next Wednesday. But what I can give you, is a discovery visit. It's not going to cost you anything. It's a great place for us to start. Here's ultimately what you get in a discovery visit. You won't get any hands-on treatment, but you will get some clarity and some confidence, know exactly what's wrong, what's happened, and you can make a good decision about Vogue PT. And I'll even go so far as to schedule out next Friday as your first session with us. So we'll book them both in. So we can start to make progress together. So that's how I would speak to him on the phone. That would calm him down. That would be, he'd either go, yeah, I like that, or no, I want to go somewhere else because I need some treatment. I'd still be wanting to rescue that patient. If that's my office, I'm going... If if at this point, if at this point this happens in my office, it would be, stop, all right, okay, Bill, can you give me half an hour? I'm gonna shuffle something around, I'm gonna speak to a physio, I'm gonna move somebody's lunch hour, I'm gonna do something, because I'm not losing you. Just give me half an hour. So instead of trying to fight with them on the phone, you get some breathing space, you get like half an hour, 60 minutes to just... And again, take this the right way, hopefully. Vicky'd be like, Johnny, do you mind if I move your lunch? Or do you mind if you stay back half an hour? Uh, which one of your patients, if we move them, just like wouldn't even bat an eyelid? There's always somebody on that schedule who doesn't give a shit. Like always, always somebody on that schedule who doesn't care. In fact, I'll take it one step further. There's somebody on that, there's somebody on that schedule who wants you to ring them, A, because they're bored and they've not spoke to anybody for a week, right? And, and B, wants to do it for you to help you. Have considered that? How many patients do you have coming through here every week? 50? 40? Um, in here, between 60. 50 patients. You can't tell me, right, you know in your mind's eye, the type of patient I'm speaking to you about right now, that there isn't at least two or three patients if you went, Mr. Smith, could you help us out? We have a patient in a hell of a lot of pain who wants to be in tomorrow, and we just wondered if we could move you from Thursday to, to Monday, would that be all right? Of course, it's your choice, and we're not gonna move it to you if you want it she go, oh, no problem, absolutely happy to help. Yeah, you give, you know, you give that guy that appointment. And also, here's, here's what will happen when Mrs. Smith comes in. Did that guy get helped? Did, did that guy get his help? Because I've been thinking about him all weekend. I've been doing this for 10 years, I promise you this is what they'll do. We, we think that everybody's the same and we have such a static way of approaching all of our problems that we think it can't be solved. Two or three out of your 50 right now would be begging to help you because they're not in a world of hurt, they're not in a shitload of pain. They're part of a treatment plan, they get it, but they also know that two or three days here and there is not that big of a deal. So that's tactically how I I actually would deal with that if you wanted the the like behind the scenes of what my team would do. The minute you think you're gonna lose them, stop the conversation. And it just literally goes, Bill, can you just give me an hour? I'll come back to you with a solution. I'll come back to you with another option. And it gives you an hour's breathing space to figure that out. Whether it's move a patient, ask a PT to stay back, change the schedule, change the lunch <laughs> hour, whatever. There's always a way if you commit to finding it. And, and you know, if that happens once a month, boom, there's 10, session, there's 10 of your, your, your visits. Well,
3: then talk about having a feeling too. She said that in the, in the discovery visit, you had a feeling that he wanted to be treated and that was his mm-hmm. expectation. You just got to tackle it, right?
0: Boom. Oh, I love this. So I had, a, I had a staff member a few years ago. It was fucking great. We, so we started doing this four or five years ago and she'd sit there and, and I'd go, all right, so what, you know, what patients have you got this week that have dropped off, canceled or whatever? And she'd sit there and go, oh, uh, Bill, you know, Bill Smith, uh, he dropped off after six sessions, right? And she'd be like, I knew he was gonna do it. I just had a feeling that he was gonna do it, right? And I'm like, all right, good one. And then, then a week later, she'd be like, oh, and Eric, well, Eric didn't show up. And do you know what? I could just sense something wasn't right on the phone, right? And then after the third week, she goes, um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Mary Beth, she didn't come. I could just, I knew it from the last conversation. I had a feeling she was going to cancel. I'm like, you're fucking good with your feelings. Like, (laughs) these feelings are yours and never, ever wrong. Is there any chance you could speak to me about them before this shit starts to happen? Because you're bloody good at predicting that this is going to go wrong, right? And at that point, I'm like, if you feel it, you're probably right. If you feel like they're gonna drop off, they have fucking already dropped off. If you feel like they're gonna cancel, they've already started to cancel because their body language, something is telling you that they're gonna cancel. If you feel at that point that they're not gonna like this discovery session, it's the same thing as over here. Listen, Eric, or whatever his name is, Bill, Dave, I just get the feeling that you're probably expecting a little bit more from me right now than I can give you. Is that right or is that wrong? At which point there'll be a two second silence. He'll sit back and he'll go, Yeah, yeah, actually I was expecting some treatment. And you go, ah, do you know what? I'm really, really sorry. Really sorry on behalf of the company. We obviously haven't explained to you the purpose of this discovery visit. Do you mind if I just take five to 10 minutes now to explain to you why we've given you a discovery visit? At which point you will say yes. And at that point you go, you know what? Rather than making you wait 10 days, what we wanted to do is get you in. Because we realise for a lot of patients, actually what the thing is that they really want from us is the peace of mind to know what's wrong. And what this discovery visit is about is finding out A, what is wrong, and B, that we can help you. So as much as you think I've wasted your time, I actually think you've got given half an hour of the most valuable of any PT's time, which is actually finding out what's wrong. Which means that when you come in next time, the entire 60 minutes is devoted to me putting my hands on you or giving whatever treatment that you want, and is nowhere gonna be diluted by any questions, (laughs) any examination or anything that might have got in the way of some treatment. How does that sound? And at that point, he starts to buy into you and you because of your honesty. And again, we have a situation over here which is, I like this lady. I like this guy. I like this girl. They're not pandering to me. They're not bull It starts with an apology. We haven't done a very good job of explaining to you what we do around here. I'll make sure that doesn't happen again. There's some humility. There's some decency. There's some adult-to-adult conversation going on rather than a what might have ensued, and I don't know if it's true, but if in that situation, normally it would be, oh, no, no, well, that's how the discovery visit works. Like, you come in, you get, a fr- you're telling them what they already know. You're telling them what they already know. Pisses them off. It's like, don't tell me what I already know. You need them to tell me something that I, that I didn't know. <laughs> well, My mom's my, my wonderful at this, right? So, with my kids, if one of them's a little bastard, I'm like, why is he always like, you know, it's like you're frustrated as shit with one of your kids, right? The last thing you need is your mother around you. Like, why is he always a little bastard in this situation? She's like, well, he's only doing it because he wants some attention. I'm like, I know that, but, like, why does he keep doing it? Like, you've just made me fucking more mad because you've just told me what I already knew. You haven't given me any answers. I know he wants attention. I guess I'm asking, like, why does he want attention always in this situation? Like, she points the obvious out all the time to me. I'm like, I don't need the obvious. I get that he wants some attention. I don't need the obvious that this is a discovery visit and you telling me what I already know. I need you to tell me something different, aka help me see it differently. And if you help me see it differently, you will get a very different patient. You'll take me from somebody who right now could be volatile to somebody who actually likes you with some humility, some confidence in you, some trust. All of the things that are probably important to your entire relationship with this person is anything. So if that answers your question, it would be, um, any discovery visit is, here's why you're coming. You're coming because we don't think that you know enough about PT right now to confidently want to say yes. And as a company, we don't want to waste your time and our money until we know we can help you. Right, right now, signals are going off to this guy. I like this place already. I like this place already. Many times, you'll have known, and I don't know if I did it with you, in fact, we did. When I first met you four and a half years ago, you were like, hey, I've heard what you do and I've heard this and I've heard the other and blah, 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 how much is it? I'm like, well, the top program's this and it's this many thousands and blah, blah, blah. And I could sign you up to this right now, but how about I will give you a smaller version of it? Does this ring true four and a half years ago? Let me give you three newspaper adverts and run them. And if you get some calls and you get some traction and you get some confidence, give me a call and we'll go all in. Yes or no? multiple situations where somebody's come up to me in this business and gone, I wanna give you $30,000. And I go, I don't wanna take it, I'll take three. And they're like, no, but I wanna give you $30,000. I'm like, I don't want it, I want three. Because I want you to come back to me in 10 weeks when you've took this other program and tell me that you still wanna give me 30. Because if you do at that point, only one of two things are gonna happen. You're gonna, nothing else can happen. You're gonna be all in or you're not going to like me at all. And as usual, I'm not bothered, but you must be one or the other. I don't want you to half-ass this. You either don't like me, because you've been through the program, and neither of us then took a big risk, or you absolutely love it, and you want me to do it for you, and you'll be a better customer of mine at the other end. And four and a half years later, we're still in business together. Friendships have have evolved and and so on. But it starts with, I'm doing this for you. I don't want to take your money off you. I want you to take an easier route into my world. And if you speak like that to patients, here's why we're giving you a discovery visit, right? So most people would be like, well, we're giving you a discovery visit. I'm actually recommending that we don't take money off you. I'm recommending that you come down for a half an hour, 45 minute conversation with our top therapist. You are essentially getting $250 worth of free healthcare, Mr. Smith. I want to give that to you so that you can make the absolute best decision involved PT so that you can decide for yourself that we are the best place in North Carolina. If at the end of that session, you do not agree, you are able to walk out that door freely. However, if you do agree, you will be able to ask for us to take you on as a patient. How does that sound, Mr. Smith? Gee whiz, in a world where everybody's taking my money off me, this sounds like a fucking cool place to do business with. That'll change your game straight away. Do you get that? It's not what I'm saying, it's ultimately what I'm positioned as. At that point now, I'm protecting you. At that point now, from the get-go, I want the best from you. I want the absolute utmost for this, and and I don't give a shit that you've called me, and I don't care that you want an appointment. I don't feel like that's the, the, based upon my extensive experience of working with patients for however many years, I believe the best place for us to start is there. It's the best thing I can do for you following now what what you should take from that as staff (coughs) is the confidence into the battle if you like into the war that you you, you're trying to win across the course of the year that you all start to live with that level of integrity and confidence and this is how we do business this is what makes us different when the phone rings or a patient comes through the door we're not taking it for granted that we've got one or we've got another eval it's we've got somebody with a problem let's see if they're a good fit let's see if they actually appreciate Vault pt's way of doing business anybody ever thought of business like that I'll say it again. Let's see if these people actually appreciate Vault PT's way of doing business, which is to put you first. I don't want to take your money. I'm not scheduling you out for a one-hour appointment because I sense there's some hesitancy. In fact, at this point, Mr. Smith, I value your time. Never mind just your money. I don't want you coming in for an hour if I don't think we're going to be able to help you or if I don't think you are ready to be helped. And what I mean by that is it sounds like you've been let down by a big shitty corporate chain somewhere else. You've been to some crappy mill-like clinic who didn't do jack, and you're going to bring them negative thoughts to our world, and we don't want that to happen. So let's stop all of that madness. Let's stop the money talk. Come on down and have a chat with us. Get to know us. Look us in the eye. See if we live up to the expectations that you have set for yourself. How does that sound? I promise you what'll happen, there'll be a stunned two second silence. At first they'll be like, the fuck? Who, like, who actually speaks to me like this? And at that point they're like, yeah, okay, I, I, that sounds really good, thank you, I, I'll be down tomorrow. And the level of respect that you are looking for, remember that's what this is all about, through the roof, through the roof. They forgive everything after that, completely. You just have to have, again, the confidence to do it. And it, and it appears in the beginning, it's like, oh shit, you know, Dean wants us to get it valves, Dean wants you to do the right thing for the patient and if we do the right thing for the patients it's right for the business your job then becomes to recognize it so back to this point if you feel it tell them I feel like I just sense it even on the I sense that you're hesitant I sense that you're just not all in I know that you're probably calling me out of a grudge purchase today I get it like, I just don't know if you want to be here I don't get that you want to go all in on PT yet because that's the truth for 2 or 3 out of 10 of them They're just pissed. They're frustrated. They've done a Google search. Doesn't mean that they want 10, 12, 15 sessions of PT and to pay for it. It means they're frustrated as shit with this ankle problem that won't go away. Our job is to do all that is necessary to turn them into complete advocates so that they want to buy into 15 sessions of physio, which has nothing to do with skills. Not, zip, nada. All of it's at the beginning. You speak to that guy like that in the future, completely different the way that he'll buy into you the way that the confidence, the trust all of these things that, that really you're going to have to play that game more and more I believe and where I believe this will become more important for you to understand is you are watching a world unfold that is literally falling apart at the seams when it comes to what word trust is it not Everywhere you look, everything, you don't believe anything you see on Facebook, you don't believe anything you read in the papers, you don't believe anything you see on the telly, you don't believe anything that's coming out now, nothing. It is the holy grail, I believe, of businesses, corporations to get a level of trust that puts you aside from somebody else, that if you can do it, you won't have many problems because people will gravitate towards you. There's so much uncertainty, so much uh, untrusting, uh, behavior, people, uh, people have been screwed over by banks and lenders and mortgages and retirement funds and it, They've been screwed over. More and more they want to go to places where somebody goes, yeah, this is the deal, like you're first, so that they can trust you enough to want to basically give you the power back and go, all right, you do, you do whatever you see fit because I trust you enough. And most of it starts out there, on that first phone call or in that first, that first treatment room. from staff up what you're thinking.
3: Thank you for listening to Paul Goff's audio experience. If you're brand new to Paul's world, head on over to paulsmarketingbook.com where you can get started with his number one best-selling marketing book for physical therapists. Alright, until next time, have a wonderful day.